Hey, Jen. Hi, Pete. So I was a guest at an awards night a couple of weeks ago for Tracy's work. And it was actually a really fun experience. And I got in a conversation with one of the award recipients at the end of the night. And something he said, I've been thinking about ever since. And I really, really want to bounce it off you. Get your thoughts. And I think it might be helpful for our listeners. Bounce it off me, Pete. This is the long and the short of it. So I was at what was kind of like the Oscars for business owners of car dealerships. <laughs> okay. Context, Pete. Context. My wife works for Toyota. She was working in the head office for a number of years and is now one of the regional managers in Australia. And we were at the awards night for this particular region where they basically have everyone come together, all of the dealership owners who are small business owners or medium to large business owners actually. And they gather and there's a bunch of categories and a bunch of criteria and there's all of these awards and it's a big celebration. It was a really lovely evening. And perhaps like a few of our listeners, I had certain connotations with what an awards night for a bunch of amazing people, but also car dealerships might be like. Maybe it's about sales. Maybe it's about, you know, driving as many dollars as possible. And there were some categories that involved sales. But actually, the conversation I got into with the winners of the grand award, the dealer of the year at the end of the night, just reminded me of like so many of the things we talk about and also just this idea of like culture and the way that we build teams actually can influence results. So I think it was actually Tracy who asked the question of this gentleman, what do you put the change down to? Like what happened in the last 12 months? You didn't necessarily win this award last year. You won this amazing award this year. Like what changed for you and your team? And he said, probably the biggest thing that happened is our team went from competing with one another to collaborating with one another. Oh. And I just was like, ooh, 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 tell me more about that. I love that idea from competition to collaboration. And we had a conversation about it specific to his particular organization, but I've been thinking about it far more broadly now and how... I've been thinking about this as it relates to your industry, and I know you can add far more context than I can, but how we could in some ways perceive others in our area, in our field to be competitors. And we've actually done an episode before on competition, but what does it look like to actually start to think of them as potential collaborators or collaborators? And how does that change the way we show up and the work we do and the culture we build and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I'm just obsessed. It feels <laughs> it feels like the thesis statement for a TED Talk or it feels like the cover story of Harvard Business Review or like something where it's like, wow, your business will be so much more successful if you eliminate competition and focus on collaboration. And it seems so obvious. Mm. And yet I'm thinking about like... <laughs> when uh when people within organizations have metrics they are striving for in order to be eligible for promotion etc mm -hmm. so much of it is about quote beating the competition right i.e beating one another yeah yeah and i think there's an interesting tension and i'll put in our box of goodies the episode we did on competition because i actually think we talked about some of this tension which is there is part of being a competitive leader or individual, which is actually really healthy and serves us in some ways. But I think in that episode, we talked about the distinction between 
basically being a dick and being (laughs) someone who is using competition as a way to motivate themselves. And I think that that it still applies here. There is a world where some form of competition is helpful. I mean, I was at an awards night and I'm sure that part of what helps people in those events or get to the place where they're even invited to those events is framing certain things as like a competition. I get that. However, I think to your point, sometimes we almost subconsciously take it too far and we have this scarcity mindset of it's me versus them, me versus Mm -hmm. you. I want this promotion, so I'm going to have a competitive mindset and I'm going to start to either not tell that person certain things or you know, tell someone something that's actually different to what I'm doing and like start to adopt these kind of unhealthy competitive behaviors that don't fuel the broader purpose of the organization. Yeah. I remember in that competition episode, we talked about the difference between work being competitive and then engaging in competitiveness as like a philosophy or a behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So, Some of the things he shared, I'll just throw some out there and I'm sure we could come up with more to unpack was like, you know, the team would not share ideas for how to, you know, improve the marketing of the organization or increase customer awareness of the brand of car that they were selling in years gone by. And then all of a sudden they realized, but if we talk about this together and collaborate on this, oh, we can actually come up with way better ideas about how to improve our marketing, how to increase the amount of customers coming in. And then, you know, the other examples around if we have a a business target or business objectives we're trying to achieve, yes, that sort of filters down to I have individual targets. But if I essentially help the business succeed, then aren't I not playing my role and helping myself succeed anyway? So, like, what does it look like to collaborate with my peers to achieve the business vision rather than only focus on my own success metrics? Mm -hmm. And so, he had, like, two or three examples that I thought were just really nice ways of not necessarily completely revolutionizing the way that you have to work, but shifting your mindset to what does it look like to collaborate as opposed to compete. In my mind, it feels it feels funner, actually, if I was someone who started to make that shift. It feels like it would be more enjoyable to collaborate. Like, I don't find competition and those like aggressive competitive mindsets particularly enjoyable at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a personal preference, but this idea of let's collaborate and create better as opposed to compete and you know, create almost like scarcity and not necessarily better, in my mind, is just a really nice, helpful way of thinking about these things. I have heard more than one person say this, so I'm not sure who to attribute it to, but it's the idea that if I have a dollar and I give you a dollar, you have a dollar and I don't have a dollar. But if I have an idea and I share the idea with you, now we both have the idea. Or if I have knowledge and I give you my knowledge, we both have the knowledge. Nobody's lost anything. We both gain. Yes, 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 yes. Abundant mindset versus scarcity mindset. I love that example. I absolutely agree. And so I've come across this. It's funny. I think it's confirmation bias since I've had this conversation. I've been really noticing this pop up in various parts of my life. Mm. And I've had conversations with other people in the leadership development and executive coaching space, for example. And a couple of them have actually said something along the lines of like, oh, well, you're a competitor, so I need to be careful what I tell you. And I'm kind of like, oh. (laughs) What? (laughs) I've literally never thought about that before. I'm like, here's what I'm doing with this client. And I I talk about a lot of the ideas on my podcast, which is freely available. Like, you're welcome to listen to it. And so, just these different 
ways of thinking I find particularly interesting. And, and in my mind, it feels, again, more generous. It feels less zero-sum if we can adopt a more collaborative mindset and realize that whether it's leadership development or whether it's you know working at Toyota or whatever it is, there is a broader vision, a broader purpose, a broader change we're trying to make in that industry. And so, can I align myself to that in my mind feels a lot more empowering. Oh, yes, 100%. Two things come up for me in relationship to the population I'm working with mostly, yes. which- hit me, hit me, hit me. Okay, so if I forget to say the second one, remind me. I'm writing it down. The first is that my clients who have, <laughs> easiest isn't the right way to say it, but who gain momentum and success in a way that feels like it's full of traction, mm. typically have coaches, agents, managers, who we all talk to each other, or we all know that we're working with the same person and we share information about that person. And conversely, I have some clients whose agents really don't want to hear my take on anything, yeah. really feel like that they're in competition for who knows the most about what's going on in our industry and like who right. can help this person best. And the yeah. client is the one who suffers in that situation. And my most thriving clients are the ones who have these teams of people behind them. And we all share our information because it benefits mm -hmm. the client. Yes. Love it. So there's like this elitism that ultimately hurts every single person involved. Yeah. Yeah, the question that comes to mind is like, who is that serving? Right. Right. And then the other thing that I'm thinking of is it's not that there isn't competition or that the industry or that particular space isn't competitive because, of course, any industry is competitive. Last week, I was doing a masterclass for a group of college students a pretty large group. And because of the size of the group, they had to rent a pretty large space. So we were at one of the New York City audition and rehearsal centers, which have these huge rooms. I've taken you to one of them before. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so cool. And one of the students said, what do you wish people understood about the theater industry before they entered it? And I was like, mm. oh, that's such a great, great question. question. <laughs> I said, I wish people understood <laughs> that right now we are sitting in a rehearsal center, in an audition center. There are more people on the three floors of this audition center than there are jobs on Broadway. Right. It is a competitive market. Like We have to understand what that means. It doesn't mean I want to take you out. Yeah. But it means I want my work to be at the level where I can see myself with that small group of people who get to work at the very top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then interestingly, the best way to get there <laughs> is by being part of a community that helps each other get there. Right. Collaborating. So good. So good. I knew you would have good thoughts on this. Okay. So the other thing that came to mind while you were sharing that is, so I was a coach and a head coach in Seth Godin's LTMBA. Long-time listeners know this. and. I still stand by this statement that the team culture that we built is easily the best workplace culture 
mm-hmm. collaborative culture that I've ever been a part of and ever witnessed. And I literally worked in an organization where we studied workplace culture. So, like, I know a thing or two about what it looks like to have effective workplace cultures. And this was, like, far and away the best. We had hundreds of coaches from around the world working asynchronously, working remotely before Zoom was even a word that people understood was a piece of software, like all of those things. And one of the reasons I think it was such an effective culture is we used to use Slack, which again, people are now familiar with or Microsoft Teams for those that are in corporate land. And we had a channel and it was called How Are We Handling? And this channel was magic. It was absolute magic. And it was basically collaboration in action. And so, the idea was if, i.e. when, you feel stuck at any point on anything. So, if you're coaching a student and they are having a hard time or if you're thinking about something that you'd like to present as an idea to your cohort and you want to get some feedback, I'm not sure this is the right thing to do. What do you think? Basically, the idea is put anything you want feedback on in this channel. How are we handling? And as the title kind of suggests, any coach who's online at that time will share, this is how I would handle that. This is how I would think about that. Wow. There was no right answer. There was no hidden intent. It was literally like a whiteboard of, okay, well, have you thought about this? Here's how I would think about this. And then Jen would say, have you thought about this? And I would think, and like, sometimes you'd get 20 responses in the space of 20 minutes. And then the coach who put it there basically got to do whatever they wanted with all that information. They processed Mm -hmm. it. They thought about it. Sometimes there'd be some back and forward. And then they would go back to the student or the situation at hand, having just collaborated with like 20, 30 people from around the world and present this idea. And it appears that the coach is presenting it as like, the question that I'm going to ask you is this. And what you don't see is the 20 coaches that are standing behind you, kind of like supporting you and like, you got this, here's some ideas. And Every time I tell a team that I'm working with in a corporate about that channel, they like run away and go, oh my God, we need to create this channel. We need to create this channel in our Slack or in our teams. And so, I just think that is, in my mind, the most beautiful example of collaboration in action. And it's always synchronous. I freaking love that. That will be added to all of my Slack channels moving forward. Thank you for that. I've got the channel named as whiteboard in some of my Slack groups because sometimes I'm like, you know, whiteboarding is a term that I really like and that other people are familiar with because it invokes that there's no right answer. It invokes imperfection. It invokes like this is us just scribbling stuff on the board and hopefully you can take that and put it to use. What I love about how are we handling is it eliminates the assumption that I'm the only person who would possibly be struggling with this. Yeah. And it just takes all of the shame and the fear and almost deletes it in favor of empathy. Right. And it's remarkable. Every time we had a new coach join the team, which was often, it would take like a while for them to understand there's no hidden intent behind this channel because it feels so far. You're like, oh, I can't share a struggle that I'm having because that would show that I have a struggle. I don't want to say I've got a question because then I'm, you know, I'm someone with a question because so many cultures, workplace cultures and organizational cultures and societal cultures are sort of invoke that sadly and it would take a, like an example or two for them to realize oh my god no this is like how are we handling how are we like yeah this is actually collaborative in the interest of again to your point serving the person that we're trying to serve the student in this case i love that so much 
What I love about this in relationship to the awards that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a friend who has said, can you imagine if someone won an Academy Award or a Tony or, you know, one of the very watched awards shows (laughs) and got up and said, I deserve this. I did this all on my own. (laughs) You would just immediately not like that person. So what I love about this in relationship to the awards show that you went to is what an amazing team triumph Mm. as opposed to one person collecting the award. It really is something that can be celebrated throughout the entire dealership, throughout each department, because everybody had a part in it. And I just, I love that so much. Just the feeling of being acknowledged, of achieving a victory must be so much sweeter when you've done it as a team. Yes, 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 yes. It says, I see you and you, right. you belong in this team. And in fact, what happened when the award recipient went up is they actually called on three or four more people to join them. And oh, in doing it. that, then extended that to the people who were also sitting on the table, but also were in the room. So it was, it was like a collaborative receiving of the award itself, which is sort of a nice way to start to wrap this up. At the Oscars this year, I can't remember which film it was, but there was a film that won for something. I'm going to see if I can figure out what it was and drop this moment in the box of goodies. And when the person came up on the stage to receive their award, they said, if you worked on this film, will you please stand up? Amazing. I had never seen anyone do that before. That's so good. Yes. Collaboration versus competition. Mm-mm-mm. So that example is such a good one because it reminds me that the thing I love most about this idea is that it doesn't require a bunch of new knowledge. It doesn't right. require you to completely change the way you think necessarily. It just requires you to adopt a slightly different posture, a slightly different attitude that focuses more on collaboration and less on competition, more on abundance and less on scarcity. And I think everyone listening has the capability to do that. And that is the long and the short of it. <laughs>